When I went into college, I was 20 years old, working at a restaurant, going to classes, and I was picking up every single shift at the restaurant available. So anything that I could, I'd take it. I'd work Saturdays, I'd work Sundays, I'd work doubles, I'd work seven days a week if I needed to, or if I could rather, while I was going to school. Now, I didn't need the money. I didn't need the money. There was nothing that I was saving up for. I wasn't buying up to save a house. I, school was actually paid for. I wasn't in debt. There wasn't a reason behind this. But until I got still with myself, and this didn't happen in college, it happened later, but until I got still with myself and realized I was carrying so much scarcity around money and so much scarcity around what it means to create money and how to create money that I had no idea I was even behaving in this way. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Now, do you have some mindset items that are hindering you? Do you even know? Have you thought about it? You know, when we think about life, most of us are on automatic. We have habits and beliefs that are influencing our direction. In many cases, subconsciously, where we don't even know. So today's guest, Mallory Nicole, has really gone on a personal journey of really discovering what was hindering some of her success in life. In fact, got ill for over four months where she couldn't even work. Or if she did, it was just with great difficulty to say and dig deeper and say, what was contributing to this, this level of stress, this level of illness to her, to the point now where she has her own coaching business? So one of the things, of course, we talk about in the show, which is core and key to Syrogy, is this whole area of self-awareness. You know, who are we? Do we know who we are? Do we know what we want? And there's no judgment on this. It's just the fact that have we done the work? Are we clear about our direction? So in today's show, just, I just want to encourage that we have a brand new e-course, which is what do you really value? We take you through the values preference indicator. I take you through it personally, step-by-step. Step. We have nearly three hours of video that goes through it, 19 different modules. And by the end of it, you will be crystal clear about what values are important to you, what uh, you need to do. In other words, are these values being met or not? And then finally, what do you need to do to make sure that those values are all positives in your life? And so that you have a step-by-step -step plan, no judgment. Everybody's needs or what we call behavioral values are different. But when I know what those are, that awareness just frees me up. My stress level goes down, my decision-making goes up, and all of that is positive. Now, one other item that I wanna mention, if you want to go beyond the course is that we do have our professional mastery and assessment certification the workshop where we take you through all of our assessments all 10 assessments that lead into 12 reports over a three-day intensive transformational experience so whenever you're listening to us go to the site crgleader.com find out more about the e-course uh, what do you really value or find out about certification or what we call professional mastery and assessment certification. And that, who's that for? That's for any leader or professional that wants to go to the next level. We have a lot of consultants, trainers, speakers, HR, learning managers, change management individuals, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners who attend from all around the world. And we'd love to have you join us. So here's today's show with Mallory Nicole 
of talking about your mindset in some of the things that linked into it. And as always, thank you for listening. And if you like what we're doing, please pass it on, share it, let somebody else know about it. Leave a positive comment and review in whatever platform you're listening on. So here's our show with Mallory Nicole. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, I always like to interview younger people. I can't say young because that would be discriminatory. But if I say younger, then that actually is not because I don't don't want to believe in ageism or anything like that. But I have this dynamic uh, coach that's with us today, Mallory Nicole. Mallory, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, and you're also a fellow podcast host. And so we kind of hang out. We're clicky that way. So we enjoy being able to support each other. So you're welcome. And so Mallory, uh, what we'd like to do is just kind of get a person's history and background. I mean, you have your coaching company. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But before we do, Mallory, um, just a little bit of your background and share it with the audience. So where thou comest from it? So currently I'm living in Lake Norman, North Carolina, and it's about an hour outside of Charlotte where I grew up. And over the last 10 years prior to living in Lake Norman, I've been in Wilmington, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and Seattle, Washington. In Seattle, and of course, I'm just north in Vancouver, Canada. And so what were you doing in Seattle? I was adventuring in Seattle. Um, To be honest, my fiance and I, we just wanted to go explore and move somewhere where we didn't have a lot of ties and we could just go out and explore the nature and the city and a different part of the country. So that's what we did. And it was worth every day that was out there. It was great. And did you uh, work while you were out here or just kind of hung out? Yeah, no, I, I worked. I My business is virtual. So that was uh, one of the plus sides to being able to kind of explore, you know, do we still want to be in Charleston or should we just give it a shot and go have an adventure. And the latter was the winner. So we decided on Seattle and we sold all our stuff, went out to Seattle and moved into a furnished place and spent almost every weekend up in the mountains, hiking and camping and driving around and just exploring all of the incredible scenery up in that area. Being that you're in Vancouver, I'm sure you're very familiar with how many things there are to see up in the Pacific Northwest of the country. Oh, for sure. And I was just in Seattle this weekend. And of course, when this is recorded, this is not relative to time, but uh, for sure, uh, it is a beautiful part of the country. Now, you also went back. So obviously, this you didn't want to make it a permanent home. No, and it was That was actually something that confused a lot of people, too, which I thought was interesting. We really didn't go out there with the intention of planting roots and buying another home and setting the stage there. We just wanted to have an experience. And once we both kind of felt like that experience had lived its lifespan, we started having conversations about what we wanted long term and where we wanted to kind of ground ourselves. And Lake Norman came up. And so now we're here. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your time in the Pacific Northwest, even though the odd occasion that does rain here and there. (laughs) But when it doesn't, I would argue it's one of the more beautiful places in the country. But I digress. I have a bias. Now, with that, 
with that, Mallory, you know, when you think about uh, growing up, did you finish go, uh, college and university, or did you just jump into the workforce after high school? I finished college in something that I no long I no longer work with the degree that I went to traditional school for, uh, but. I learned so much in my prior career that's helped me in my coaching business. I have no regrets or, you know, I wish I would have done it different kind of thoughts around it. I think it all happened exactly like it was supposed to. So your prior career was for the audience purposes. I worked for an engineering firm and it was primarily helping the civil engineering firm establish that the plans and the designs were being built according to the laws and regulations in the area that they existed in. Wow. So uh, code and plan checker, that's pretty intense stuff. You know, it was, but, and I was happy. I, I really actually liked the company that I worked for and I had a great, I worked with a great team. I had a great boss and I had a path carved out for me if that's what I wanted. Um, but something just kind of changed and it was something that was unexpected. I didn't plan for it, but now we're here. So what was the unexpected event that occurred that uh, shifted your trajectory? So the unexpected event was, was actually one that changed the trajectory of everything. I got really sick uh, in 2014 and by really sick, I mean like, flu-like symptoms for four months, um, which made it very difficult to do much of anything at all. I was trying to get by, but when you're that sick and when it goes on for such a long period of time, you really, you start to get a little scared, honestly, and you start to, you know, try and Google it and figure it out yourself and everything leads to, you know, imagine Googling flu-like symptoms for four months, everything leads to the worst case scenario and you part of your brain kind of feels like, is this going to be it? You just really don't know what's going on when you're not getting answers to why your body isn't functioning the way it used to just overnight when things are going downhill. Uh, and this led to an awareness to mind-body communication, how the body's functioning, what the body needs. And I learned through my own wellness journey that I had developed some intolerances and my body was changing and there were some things that I couldn't do with my body anymore. And it really opened up my eyes to wondering how many other people on the planet were experiencing what I was experiencing when it came to health and wellness, but maybe not getting the messages or the delivery from the traditional doctors that they were working with to be able to take that information and not let it hinder them but to empower them to discover and learn a new way to work with their body and in a new way to heal. Mm. Well, it's interesting. Well, congratulations, first of all, for taking responsibility for your health and not necessarily relying on quote unquote experts who have less of a vested interest in your wellness than you do yourself. With that, what did you discover about your situation? How did you come out the other side? So I walk around with Epstein-Barr virus, which I know a lot of people do on the planet. Um, I've got some food intolerances that really, when I don't honor it, my liver stops working and all my organs start kind of shutting down. 
Um, so that and a combination of overworking, I was overworking a lot when I was in the engineering firm. I was putting in more hours than I needed to because of subconscious beliefs that I had not yet addressed with myself. And I was just kind of in this cycle of push that I was unaware of and all of this adding to the intolerances that I had developed and not really knowing what my body needed or how to listen to it all kind of opened up wanting to know more about health and wellness, which led me to getting a health coaching certification. And although my business is not health related, that is what established my understanding of the brain and how it works and subconscious beliefs and other different certifications that I went on to, you know, get and all of this other stuff that I had no idea can, to be completely honest, I just didn't know any of this existed at the time. So when I look back now, yeah, those four months were one of the hardest periods of my life, but I wouldn't be where I am right now if that stuff had not happened. Mm. Well, you were able to uh, work with it to the other side and, uh, and process that. So here you are, you've got this four months, how did you progress from that? Did you resign from the engineering or did you just kind of go on to your own thing or how did you transition from that into coaching? I stayed for a while and I did a lot of my own research. I read a lot of books. I, you know, took in a lot of information. I think we've all had periods of our lives where we, we learn something and we just want to like consume as much as we can about it because it becomes fascinating to us. I kind of went through a little bit of that and then this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense, but I kid you not when I tell you this, I Googled the word health coach and the first thing that came up, I called and I set up a, a call with the person on the other end of the phone. And within 24 hours, I had paid $5,000 to get a health coaching certification. There was no plan to start a business. There was no you know, strategy behind any of these decisions. There was no making sense that I spent literally every dollar at my in, that was in my savings at the time of that point in my life. Um, I was also going through renovations in my home and had just purchased a home and there was all this money going out. So none of this stuff really like made a whole lot of sense on paper, but it just felt right and I couldn't ignore it. So I went on to get this certification and then I started to experience these heart feelings that I had never experienced before of just following these steps that kept kind of showing up. And I'd ask like, this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to do it anyways. So there was another certification that was double that price of the first one. And I didn't really have the money for it, but I just said, I'm going to figure this out. And that was a mastery level certification that was more um, about the brain and how the brain works and much more tied to a lot of the work I do now. Um, and then I just had another one that was like, I'm going to do a Facebook live about all this stuff and I'm going to start a business. And I just kept saying yes to the things that were showing up. Um, not to say that it wasn't hard because there were absolutely doubts and fears that were showing up around all of this. And there was a little bit of my own questioning about why am I doing all this? Is all this going to end up, you know, throwing itself back in my face <laughs> one day. Um, but thankfully those were, what I really think is intuitive callings or intuition or gut feeling or whatever it is you want to call it, whatever word resonates with you that led me to something much 
I don't want to say greater because that puts it on a scale and it doesn't need to be on a scale, but it opened up a path of more purpose for me that I didn't know was available at the time. Mm-hmm. And when you think about greater, greater can apply to you as far as it's more fulfilling for you. And uh, this is not demeaning to your engineering friends whatsoever. It's that each of us have our own path. Now, what were some of the characteristics or traits you think were present for you that got you through to the other side? Because some other people probably would have quit. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, at the time, there were so many people that were sick around me. There were people in my family. There were friends. I had experienced it firsthand that the, the health part of all this was really kind of blowing up in my face. Um, and it's, it's almost like, you know, if you, if you want to buy, uh, if you want to buy a Jeep, if you want to buy a Jeep Cherokee, you go and buy it and then you start driving it around and every other car you see on the road is now a Jeep Cherokee, right? Your mind becomes conscious of these things as you bring it up into awareness. And that's what was happening with me with the health component of this. The health was very, I was thinking about it every single day. How can I help people? How can I help all these people that are so sick that think there's all these things wrong with them and maybe they just have some food intolerances and they need to make some adjustments in how they're taking care of themselves. And that just sparked something in me that I could not resist. So that's kind of one area of it. And then that led to another area when I got into the online space and started really seeing how people were showing up to their business and working in their businesses. It was very evident to me that a lot of people's business problems were these subconscious blocks that they had not seen and they had not addressed, but they kept trying to, again, kind of like in the health thing, outwork their problems instead of removing something first or subtracting something first to add later. Um, so the, the problem awareness in both of these worlds was just so kind of in my face that I couldn't ignore it. And there was no option not to show up to it. Well, thank you for that. Now, what were some of the things, you know, when you took your second certification around, you know, the subconscious mind and mindset and those things, what were some of the blocks that you were able to purge and, and move past? Yeah, so I had a, it was a really good program too, because you had your personal experience in it. And then it was also an education experience and it was a practice experience to be able to work with people. So on the personal experience of it, um, I grew up in a household that had quite a bit of trauma and I did not realize that I was carrying a lot of these old beliefs about control and really that those behaviors that I had, these control behaviors that I had were actually a reflection of my old brain, some part of my brain really looking for safety and looking to make sure everyone else was safe. And so this kind of overexertion of control and overthinking and overanalyzing things in my life, that wasn't just who I was. You know, we hear that all the time. You are who you are. Well, it's not really true. People change all the time, but society likes to tell us people don't change. You are who you are forever. And so I just kind of thought that that's who I was. I was an overthinker. I was an overanalyzer. I was someone who, you know, had a lot of need for control in my life. And I, I had no idea that this had a root and there was a reason I was thinking this way. And there was a reason all of this was happening. And, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my family's or my household. There weren't faults in this. It was just unlearning some behaviors 
that I got to reprogram and relearn to think differently and show up differently from there on. Mm. Now, when you say you had some events earlier in your life, was around, this was linked to your family as far as support or just what was modeled in front of you? What was modeled in front of me? Yeah, what was modeled in front of me? My parents had a very rough marriage. There was a lot of toxicity between them, um, different things on both their parts. They're in a very healthy relationship now, but there was a lot of back and forth for a lot of years. And just some scenarios that 10-year-old kids aren't shouldn't shouldn't necessarily well, I, I hesitate to say shouldn't, but shouldn't <laughs> be put in. Um, there was a lot of that and there was a lot of things that happened um, modeled behavior exactly like you're saying things that I saw that I didn't have any idea had the effect on me that it had into my adulthood. Mm. Well, you know, as a researcher around the brain, we know these things uh, create pathways that until we uh, do new ones, they're, they're there. So what were some of the, you know, when we think about the listeners and Mallory, our, our goal is to serve the listener right today with some ideas and thoughts on how they can improve their lives. What are some of the techniques that you have learned that you're teaching your clients around being able to kind of shift their mindset, their subconscious biases, beliefs, whatever it is that we want to call it? So what are some of the things now that the listener can consider that you can share with us that can help them to be better even tomorrow? One of the things that really helped me that I think also I see help people is to ask yourself if you're allowing yourself to experience your process, because a lot of times we're just being reactive to everything that's happening around us. And we're just having these default reactions to every single situation or experience or occurrence that we're going throughout our day to day life. And because we're moving so quickly and because maybe we haven't taken the time to really sit with our thoughts and think about why our behaviors exist the way they do, I think one of the first places to really start is to ask, am I allowing myself to experience my process that I'm having? You know, because that can really attune us to see, am I just being reactive Am I just reacting to everything that's going on? I love Jim Quick, and one of the things that he references is the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. And that really kind of ties to this message that I've been trying to help people with for the last couple of years is, are we, are we being a thermostat? Are we regulating our, our reactions to the things that we're having and working through and allowing ourselves to feel our emotions? Or are we just acting as a thermometer and reacting maybe not in the most healthy way or not in the best way possible that we have the capability to, if we just give ourselves sometimes, like sometimes all it is is 30 seconds to feel the thing that needs to be felt and then to ask, why might this be showing up for me? Because everything is trying to teach us something to move forward in a way that feels more empowering versus just living on autopilot. Mm. So how might I discern, if you think about some of the work you're doing, Mallory, how might I discern or determine, you know, is this a gut feel that I should be following or that I should be abandoning? I really believe in heart and head answers. And I like to use the body to kind of feel into, is my head telling me this is a logical answer? And there's nothing wrong with logic, but it's how much we dismiss 
the hard answers sometimes that I think that we get ourselves in trouble with logic. We try and outthink all of the decisions that we're making. And sometimes our heart is just trying to speak to us. You know, a hard answer for me, I can feel it in my body. I can feel, I can literally feel warmth in my heart. I can feel it in my body. I can feel it in my bones. It feels like a yes. A head answer to me might feel like this probably seems like something I should do, but somewhere in my body, whether it's my stomach or my chest or my head or my throat, there's going to feel like there's some tightness or resistance. And I think it's really, really easy to skip over that piece when we're being super quick to make the decisions that we make day in and day out and not really allow ourselves, like I was just kind of referencing a couple minutes ago, to have that process of asking, why am I making this decision? Am I doing it because society told told me so? Am I doing it because the voice of my mother or father is still in there telling me that it's something I should be doing? Or maybe my first grade teacher or, you know, my husband or my wife or my friends, whoever it is. Or am I doing this because it feels like something I should be doing and I want to be doing? A lot of people in business specifically and, and in life, they're doing a bunch of stuff that they, they hate. And they don't, it's not actually bringing them life and pleasure and joy and fulfillment. But they've never slowed down long enough to ask, why am I making the decisions I'm making? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with entrepreneurs, uh, how do you coach them to kind of filter through all of these different pieces? So I'm, it's sort of like the part two of the question I just asked. Are there some steps, you know, beyond just sort of, I'll call it this emotional interaction with your feelings and how you're feeling about yourself? Are there other things that I can do to be reflective about this? Yeah, and, and the first part really, in, as far as the coaching work, because I take people through an entire super intensive process to remove those blocks and understand where they come from and reprogram them. Because the idea of this, and I know you do a lot of this in your work too, the idea of this is you can fill all your toolbox with a bunch of stuff, but if you lay the foundation differently to start, the tools are utilized a lot differently moving forward, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if we do a lot of that groundwork, it makes it a lot easier moving forward to just know you know, knowing our patterns, knowing our past behaviors, and and really shifting the trajectory and creating new patterns and raising our defaults and really allowing ourselves to live at our potential. Um, and okay, so just I'll stop you there for a second. You said raising uh, raising our defaults. Explain to the audience what you mean by that. So currently, right now, we all have a default brain pattern, and your neuropathways are going down the same processes over and over and over again. And that is why your habits are existing the way they they are. That's why you're waking up every single day, doing exactly what you're doing, thinking exactly like you're thinking. And more or less, you are in a state of doing the same thing this week that you probably did three weeks ago. You're in some type of routine. And when we go in and do what I call the deep work, you know, not everybody wants to call it that. It doesn't really matter. But we go in and really look at what's in your brain. What are these patterns? Where, where are these neural pathways going? What are these beliefs that you're existing from? How are you seeing the world? Why are you making the decisions that you're making? And we can go in and really unroot all of that so that you can set a foundation for yourself that you want to live by, this raises your default because 
most people are unconscious to what their default is to begin with. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we know that uh, from the research that many people are kind of in that situation. So now I'm a listener and I want to start processing in, in trying to uncover some of these defaults. What are some steps that you can teach me uh, via this podcast to maybe not be so rote or routine? One of the first questions I think that is beneficial for all of us, and I continue to ask myself this question, is why? Um, and I'll give you an example of this because this can really relate to somebody that might be listening to this that's like, I just don't know how to apply this to my life. And I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting the, the dots to what these subconscious beliefs are to these behaviors. I'll, give, I'll share a story because sometimes that's the best way to parallel it. When I went into college, I was 20 years old, working at a restaurant, going to classes, and I was picking up every single shift at the restaurant available. So anything that I could, I'd take it. I'd work Saturdays. I'd work Sundays. I'd work doubles. I'd work seven days a week if I needed to, or if I could, rather, while I was going to school. Now, I didn't need the money. I didn't need the money. There was nothing that I was saving up for. I wasn't buying up to save a house. I, school was actually paid for. I wasn't in debt. There wasn't a reason behind this. But until I got still with myself, and this didn't happen in college, this happened later, but until I got still with myself and realized I was carrying so much scarcity around money and so much scarcity around what it means to create money and how to create money that I had no idea I was even behaving in this way. And this was because my mom and my dad, they modeled to me, my dad specifically, they modeled to me that money was stressful, that money was something that created dis-ease, that money was something that created a lot of stress and uproar in the family. And that's what I saw. I never saw money with gratitude. That's not the mm. way that me, young me, Mallory, experienced money as a child. I experienced that as if, if you're not earning it, you're doing something wrong. And that is a belief that I didn't uncover until much later into, you know, after college, that I was carrying a belief around that said, if I'm not making money, I'm doing something wrong. Now, you know, you start a business and you start to see how that shows up. Oh, well, now you don't have a boss telling you go home at 630. You don't have a boss telling you don't work on Saturday and Sunday. Take a break. So what do you start doing? You start working all the time. You start doing all these things that you don't really need to be doing per se, but you don't realize why you're doing it until you do your core work. So one of the first things to kind of look at is to get curious and ask, what was modeled to me? What did I see? And this is not from shame or judgment. I have an amazing relationship with both parents still. They live an hour away from me. I spend a lot of time with them. But in order for me to look at life from a new lens that worked for me instead of what was really working against me and creating all this resistance, I had to really be okay with having the uncomfortable emotions and feelings with myself and kind of ask the question, and this is what I would tell anybody that's listening to this, what did my mom and dad teach in my household? What did I see? What were their patterns? What, what were their behaviors? How do I play out maybe some of the ways that they were acting? Because that's something that a lot of us miss is we don't even realize, oh, I'm, a, I'm the, the person that I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be like my dad. But who am I being like? I'm being exactly like him. 
You know, I didn't want those negative things. Maybe you love your parent, but you didn't want those tendencies that they had. And really, when you stop for a couple minutes and ask yourself and see, am I playing out this pattern? You are. You're playing it out. So just being honest with yourself so that you can go a little deeper and ask, why do I believe that? And start to question your beliefs. Why do I believe it? Why is it true for me? Why have I made it true? Why have I held on to it for so long? What other options could I give myself? So once I've discovered that, and thanks for that, Mallory. Once I've sort of discovered one or uncovered one, how do I reprogram? What are the steps I need to do to, so now I've discovered it, I've confirmed it, I agree, yes, I've got as much as I can at this point. So the listeners, now what are the steps that I potentially can take to um, purge this old belief of scarcity, if, as an example? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, hypnosis is one of them. You know, there's different parts of the brain that need to be ignited and turned on. Um, it would be a little bit challenging to do to go through an entire process here with a five-step process of how to reprogram a belief without really working someone through it, to be completely honest. Uh, but basically what the brain needs is the brain needs you to go down a new pathway and once you create this new pathway that requires a lot of sensory experiences tied into it, this could mean, you know, colors or seeing things differently. This is why a lot of it's done in a meditative process. When we get into our uh, different brain states, it's a lot easier to pull up and uproot old beliefs and replace them with new beliefs. But to be completely honest, an awareness to thinking and an awareness to a way of thinking never hurt anybody. <laughs> There's a ton of benefit to just getting curious and asking um, and writing. I encourage a lot of people, you know, maybe you're somebody that you're like, well, I can't, I, I don't have the money or the capacity to work with anybody on this level, but what can I do? I think writing is an a absolute universal tool that everyone can experience that allows them to go through their own reprogramming process to just kind of go through this, maybe you've gone through this first initial phase of what belief am I struggling with? Who taught it to me? Where did it come from? Why might I believe it? And then give yourself an opportunity to prove it wrong, because that's one of the things that this belief needs to see. You know, I needed to know, I needed to just deeply, deeply know that it wasn't true that if I wasn't making money that I was doing something wrong. I needed to embody it. I needed to feel it. And that sometimes is more than just writing out, if I'm not making money, I'm not doing something wrong. It might be writing out 10 reasons why. Here's why. And this is also me establishing I've only applied this belief to myself and getting really clear that this belief is a solo belief, not a worldly one. That way that you can start to see what do you believe about yourself, but also how is it affecting how you believe the world is functioning, how the world is moving to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. Now, one of the things you talked about in some of the notes you sent me was around this concept of avoidance and success. What can you do to expand on that thought? A lot of people that I've worked with at, and this can be different for every single person, and this could be different for anybody that's listening, but I see different patterns showing up of 
things they're avoiding that sometimes they're aware of and sometimes they're not. And this a lot of times creates really difficult self-sabotage patterns. They're not difficult necessarily to get rid of, but they're making their lives more difficult than they need to be. You know, if you're running a business and you have 10 clients, we'll just use that number for fun. It's an easy number. Mm-hmm. And two of them, you know in your gut, you feel it. You feel it before you're about to get on the phone with them. You feel it before you're about to send them the email. You know that you probably shouldn't be working with them for one reason or another. You know, it could be a multitude of things. Maybe it's the the way that you feel in the relationship, or maybe it's that you're just not getting the results for this particular person that you thought you were going to be able to get for them and you have an agency and the numbers aren't coming in the way that you, you had hoped. You know, it could be a number of things. And you just keep ignoring that feeling. And you keep holding on to those two clients and you never address the conversation and you're a little too scared to say, hey, I think it's time we have a talk. Or, hey, you know what? I think so-and-so might be a great fit for you and your business. I would love to see if I could invite you to a conversation with them. They might be able to serve you at a higher level. So that's just one example of when we avoid conflict, what we're really doing is avoiding emotions. Because it's not the email, it's not the person, it's not the conversation that you're necessarily avoiding. What you're actually avoiding is that feeling of vulnerability, of that feeling sometimes of guilt or shame that comes up where you're like, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know if they're going to get mad. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle the response that they might have. And all of these things that we could be potentially avoiding, for some it's finances, for some it's vulnerability with your husbands or your wives, for some it's, you know, just opening up to deeper connections All of these things, they kind of start to pile up because we're not really avoiding it permanently. And you know this just as you know, this isn't news to you. We're not really permanently deleting it. We're just ignoring it as long as we can until it ends up blowing up on us in some way. And then we really have to address it. So before you even get to that point of having it blow up, start to really allow yourself to go, what are the things I'm avoiding? Maybe I am avoiding looking at my numbers. I hear this one all the time. It kind of blows my mind sometimes. I hear people that run very high level businesses that have zero control over their finances. And, you know, there's not shame in that because I know where it comes from. And it's usually rooted in some subconscious beliefs of really being able to have what it takes and and be able to be somebody that isn't going to blow it all up. So they just keep ignoring it. They've got these internal beliefs that they've wrestled with. And they're like, well, if I don't look at my numbers, they'll still be there. And I won't really have to face the truth. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the, it's there, you know, regardless of whether you look at it or not, it's there. And as soon as you decide to get vulnerable with yourself and to get vulnerable with how you feel and take ownership of that, Once you take ownership of it, you can change it if it's something that's not working for you. Well, it's interesting when you talked about avoidance because avoidance, no matter what it is, for those of you that are listening, that then creates stress in your system and your body at various levels and various things. So you were talking about health problems earlier. A lot of that can actually be 
rooted in some of these directions as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're, they're kind of, I call them energetic leaks. You know, if you're stressed in one area of your life, it's going to show up in other places. It's not as compartmentalized as we think. Mm, for sure. Now, we have a, just a few minutes left, if you can believe that, Mallory. Like, where did the time go? Or did just fly by. We're not done. Uh, but uh, before we get into the last sort of little segment, is how can people find out more about what you're doing, Mallory? The easiest ways to find out what I'm doing is to go to my website, AbundantlyClearPodcast.com. is the quickest way to get there. And that will take you to a couple blog posts. It'll take you to a contact me page. Um, I don't have my scheduling link on my website because I think the first step to, that's really worked best for me is if you're listening to this and you're struggling, just shoot me an email and let's just start an open conversation. Let's see if I can help support you in any way, shift shift some beliefs or send you some resources or whatever that may be. And then they can also take a listen to my podcast, which I'm super excited that you're going to be on here in, in no time. In no time. And so, and of course, these become legacy events. On, so, so it could be somebody in 2050 listening to this right now. So <laughs> I, I know it's remarkable, that. isn't it? Yeah, the, it is. It is for sure. Uh, you know, thank you for that. So when we think about, I mean, you've covered a lot of ground, Mallory, in an area that a lot of people, as oddly enough, avoid talking about. What would you like to, when you think about sort of your last couple of statements here and wisdom to leave with the listeners, what would you like to leave them? What would be some tidbits they can run with beyond what you've shared so far? I think the, the last part to wrap this up that's really important is just to remember, because when we're stuck in avoidance patterns, we forget sometimes that we're all human and that we all on some level or degree have experienced these same emotions. We've experienced these same things. Everybody knows in business, you, you go through growth spurts at different levels and they all require you to up level. So we go through these evolutionary periods and we go through these periods of maybe having to have the hard conversations or having to face the thing that we don't really want to face. And it's just important to remember that we are all connected on some way. And if you're feeling like stuck and alone, because I know that for me, when something comes up like that, the fir my first reaction is just like, man, I'm all alone in this. And I have to just kind of feel that for a second to remind myself, well, that's not really true. What really is true? That was just my first reaction because an emotion lasts all of but like 30 seconds. And when we allow that emotion to go through, then we can become more honest with ourselves and give ourselves more clarity and know that everybody on some degree is or has experienced the same emotions and your ability to have these tough conversations or go through these growth spurts that you might be avoiding. You know, we didn't talk a whole lot about that, but avoidance for some people, especially in business, also looks like not taking action and not allowing yourself to get on stage or start the podcast or hire the person, whoever it may be, to grow your team or to work with the mentor. We're just avoiding feelings. And the more we become comfortable with that, the more we allow ourselves to grow because we're all really experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mallory, our time sure just flew by. And so thank you for uh, taking the time to kind of hang out with us today. 
I really appreciate you having me. I think that you asked some really great questions and we really covered a lot of good stuff. We did. And of course, uh, we can't do the five steps on a podcast, so they have to contact you to go deep. Uh, I heard that one for sure. And we know that you don't, you can't do fitness over a podcast. You can only learn about it. So you have to I know it's hard. I always feel I'm just, just like that. Actually, I'll share it. There's always a part of me that's like, Oh man, I hate that I can't just like take you through this pot, this process, like on a podcast interview. Uh, but the way that neuroscience works, you actually can't do it. You'd have to ex- go through the experience of it. But hopefully there's some stuff here that you can do with yourself. Well, as you said, awareness is important. So again, Mallory, thanks for being uh, on the show. Much appreciated. Stay with Thank us. Thank you for having me. Secrets of Success listeners, you know, Mallory really delved deep today around our subconscious beliefs. You know, what do you really believe? Are there some habits and things that are popping up that you're really all not that happy about? And until we sort of pay attention to them, we get quiet. Are we making decisions that are stressful, pressure driven, or from our heart, from our gut? I don't know what the answer is, but only you do. So my encouragement is, is that you would uh, pay attention to us. You know what? Every single person has stuff. I have stuff. You have stuff, Mallory's has stuff, we all have stuff. And so there's no embarrassment in looking. And if we don't look, then we're not going to deal with it. Now, as always, we thank you for sharing your most valuable commodity. That is your time here on Secrets of Success. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on. Uh, Share it with others. Leave a positive comment on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.